Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Fast swings. On the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm your host, Nathan Dominance, the sports content editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Every week we talk about Georgia Southern Athletics, and it's football season, so we're talking about the Eagles. Uh, they're 3-1, and one, coming off of a, a 34-23 victory over Ball State. It was their second home game. It was homecoming. It all worked out. Uh, they're up to 3-1, and one, but they're, now they're done with the non-conference schedule. They went 3-1 and one in, in four weeks, and now they get to start the conference schedule against Coastal Carolina, one of the best teams. I don't think there's any argument. One of the best teams in the Sun Belt, and one of the teams that uh, usually uh, – tries to crack the, the national polls and uh, does pretty well. So we have uh, our expert, Alan Blondin, who's covered uh, Coastal Carolina. How many years, Alan, have you covered Coastal Carolina? Uh, in this most recent stint, I'm um, up to uh, like six years. Six years. So you, you've, you've covered the whole Jamie Chadwell era. I have, yep, yep. I wrote okay. about him being hired as the uh, offensive coordinator and uh, filling in for Moglia that first year, and, and now uh, he's in his uh, – Fourth full year since then as the head coach. Yeah, and uh, Alan, uh, you you were with the Sun News for a long time in Myrtle Beach. Now are you with the MyOriNews.com? Is that the, the best way to put it? Yeah, so I uh, worked for the Sun News for 30 years, 29 years actually. And then uh, I left that newspaper in June uh, to take a different uh, position, somewhat outside of journalism, but I still, uh, still do cover Coastal Carolina for uh, the Ori Independent, which online is my Ori News. Very good. And so Alan is the guy to talk to about uh, all things. Uh, I, I want to call him the chance because I, I keep saying I'm going to call him the chance clears and mess that up. Uh, but Shots. I, it's the no. shots and the Chanticleers. There you go. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to call him CCU from this point forward. Can't go wrong. English is hard. Anyway. Uh, well, the, 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 uh, CCU is 4-0 and 1-0 in the conference. So they've already kind of got their, their feet wet. And speaking of wet, as we as we talk, as we interview Alan Blondin today, it's Wednesday evening. Game is scheduled for 4 p.m. Saturday on ESPN Plus at Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. But as, as, as everyone knows, Hurricane Ian is coming as we speak, coming uh, through the, uh, the uh, Gulf of Gulf of Mexico and cutting over through Jacksonville and up the East Coast. So we're expecting a wet one uh, in Conway, and we might be uh, kind of tentatively thinking they might move it. But right now, the game is on, so let's talk football. Alan, what have you seen so far from the the, the, the Shanks, uh, the, the uh, CCU, that uh, that tells you that they've got things going in the right direction? Yeah, well, obviously, they, they enter 4-0, um, and they just beat uh, their most uh... – Probably the most thorough performance of the year was last week against Georgia State. Uh, they got to three and zero, but they had actually trailed in the second half of all three of their first games. Um, they were fairly impressive against Army. I mean, Army's a, a formidable opponent always, um, especially with that run game. You, you've kind of got to be, you know, you got to have some will to you to stop them. Um, <clears throat> so they actually looked fairly good against uh, Army. They had their uh, – they barely beat Gardner-Webb, had to score with six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter to to win that game against an FCS opponent. So they obviously had a low there. They weren't overly impressive against Buffalo either, even though they pulled out a win. 
And uh, against Georgia State, they pretty much dominated from start to finish. So that was – they're coming off by far their most dominant performance. And they're, um, you know, they're a young team compared to what they've been in the past couple of years. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, good point there because they, they've had so many outstanding players who are now gone. They, I mean, of course, they have one very important player that, that we'll talk about in a second. But, yeah, they lost guys to the NFL, to graduation, uh, and now this year to injury. A lot of the injuries, I think I just heard Jamie Chagall, that's the head coach at CCU, I, his, his press conference today, and he talked about how the, the things kind of even out. They they had a pretty good run without injuries the last two years, and now they're getting hit on all sides with injuries, and and uh, things kind of even out, and and that that's true for all teams, basically. So they, they kind of run into the injury bug this year. Would you say that's true? Yeah, well, uh, particularly at certain spots. Um running back being the biggest, they, their top three running backs are out. Um, one of them was lost. Um, you know, not none of them are expected to be out for the season, but uh, I don't believe, but they're all out for what appears to be significant time. Um, um, so Braden Bennett um, was, uh, he was lost in the preseason, didn't even get to the first game. Aaron Bedgood, is a small, shifty guy. They moved from wide receiver. He was going to be heavily featured in their offense. Uh, he was lost on like the first or second play of the game. It was the third first play. Yeah. Um, and Reese White uh, was who's kind of been the what they expected to be their bell cow. Kind of does a little bit of everything. Has some speed. Has some power. Can catch the ball. He's also been out a couple games now. So they're on their fourth running back, C.J. Beasley, who's actually performed really well. Right. Um, but, you know, obviously their depth there is uh, they're at the uh, they're at the end of the rope at this point. If something happens to C.J. Beasley, they might be moving some wide receivers in or. Well, they you know, did use Jared Brown a, a bit of a running running back. But uh, people might know Aaron Bedgood. He's been there a few years now, but he's from Richmond Hill High School here in the, the uh, Savannah area. Richmond Hills had quite a good football program, and he was one of the guys that helped get it there um, four, four or five years ago. Um yeah, you mentioned that the running backs. Um, it's just I think uh, uh, Coach Chadwell mentioned. They said C.J. Beasley could have pouted. He could have quit. You know, gone into the transfer portal when you're your fourth string and you got guys ahead of you. Maybe you don't think you're going to get a significant playing time. And look at four games in the season. He runs for like 143 yards. Yeah, no, he's had a couple. Actually, the last two games he's had were uh, he's had real big games. As a matter of fact, so. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, he has definitely been, um, I guess, a godsend for them. You could say maybe. I mean, it, you know, if he didn't perform well and he's been running real hard, I mean, he, you know, he's putting in the effort. And uh, you know, it's uh, without him, they would probably uh, have a loss or two um, mm -hmm. if they had somebody that wasn't performing at quite that level. Yeah, so, you know, but as a, you know, as running backs go, you know, you need usually teams are going to have a couple at this point. Um, so Coastal's down to one. So hopefully, uh, as long as he stays healthy for the for the Georgia Southern game, you know, they may be starting to get these guys back and be a little more uh, a little more dangerous in the backfield. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a break for a quick ad, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, prep uh, Alan for the next question. Alan, we're gonna come back and talk all about Grayson McCall. Is he hurt? What's going on with his ankle? What does he mean to the team? And why the heck has he never played Georgia Southern? We're going to get into all that, that weird outlier of a, of a streak he's got where he's never faced 
had never been on the field against George Southern. And maybe he could go three for three this week, but I think they're anticipating he'll be back. But we're going to talk about that. But when we come back with Alan, Alan, uh, stand by, but we're going to do a quick ad here. We'll be back with Alan Bonded, but uh, I'm going to plug the best lo- source for local news in Savannah, the Savannah Morning News and savannahnow.com. You want to know the latest on Georgia Southern football like we're talking about right now? about high school football? The, the whole schedule this week got thrown off because of Hurricane Ian and uh, the anticipation that it'll be uh, really wet and, and miserable Friday. So a lot of games are tonight as we are, are, are uh, recording this. And Savannah State also, their, their game just got announced uh, moving against Kentucky State home game at TA Wright Stadium. We got moved from Saturday at 6 p.m. to Sunday, October 2nd at 3 p.m. So uh, make sure you check ahead before you head out to see Savannah State play uh, Eastern Kentucky, or Kentucky State in, a, in an SIAC game uh, this weekend. Um, and we have all that and more, including news features and opinion columns. If you aren't a subscriber now, now's the time to try us out. You can get a full access to our digital content. Uh, right now, the last special I saw was $1 for six months. And as I say every week, $1 for six months, we're practically giving it away. We're, we're, we're challenging you to come up with a dollar to subscribe for six months, which will take you through all of football season and well into basketball season. Um, another special I saw was $22 for 24 months. So see what the, uh, the weekly specials are and subscribe. Give us a shot to uh, subscribe to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. That's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and uh, see if you got a, a, a deal there that you like. Okay, let's get back to Alan Blondin talking about Coastal Carolina football. He's gotten to see a lot of wins. I think they're 26 and three, counting the 4-0 this season. 26 and three, and that is the ties Georgia for the second best record over that time. And I'm gonna give Alan one guess, who has the best record over that span? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Alabama. That's a that's a safe bet there. We go out <laughs> on a limb there, Alan. Uh, yeah, Al- Alabama, thirty and two. This is coming from uh, Coastal Sports Information Department, so we've all seen it. Alan might have seen it. I don't know. Maybe that was just a heck of a guess. So yeah, Alabama, Georgia, Coastal Carolina—they're all in the same breath there. What do, what does that tell you about the job that uh, Jamie Chadwell and his staff that he's kept together over there? What they they've been able to do in Conway. Well, it's pretty amazing. As a matter of fact, prior to this 26 and three run, they, they didn't have a winning record as an FBS program. So, you know, they've gone from lose, you know, consecutive losing records to 26 and three over the last three, you know, two plus years, three years. So it's obviously, um, uh, you know, they've done a tremendous job, uh, getting this program to where it is. And, you know, this year was potentially going to be a down year with the loss of, you know, they had so many guys come back for like their sixth year with that extra COVID year. Yeah. I mean, they had like, they had 12 or 13 players, you know, almost all, pretty much all starters come back and play a sixth year. So they lost all of those guys. So they lost all that experience, all that age. And, um, you know, had a bunch of guys moving into these starting positions that really hadn't played a lot even though they built up extra years of uh, in college, a, a number of them, um, but they just didn't see the field a whole lot. And so this year was a bit of a question mark. And so far um, it, it's that they look pretty good. The wide receiver position and the receivers, Grayson McCall's receivers, that's the one area that mm-hmm. you can tell that they've lost. I mean, they lost uh, Isaiah Likely, who's fourth round pick and 
expected to even, you know, do some real good things in, in Baltimore with the Ravens. And Javon Hiley, you know, two years in a row was at, a, at or over a thousand yards. Um, so, it, you know, he's, that's been the one area that's kind of been glaring that they've, that they've, yeah. you can tell they're missing people. Yeah. That, that, that we lost my favorite combination, the highly likely combination. You must have loved writing those two together. Well, it, it, they were just spectacular players above anything else. They were they were really really good. But, but the whole name thing was a, a, merch, a marketer's dream. Uh, yeah, and plus they were excellent players. They're all conference kind of players. And then they did bring in Pickney from Georgia State, and he had a, a good game against his old team. And J- Jared Brown was good too. Um, but all, I think the thing that ties in all of that is the the youngster that they they brought in from the Charlotte North Carolina area that wasn't supposed to be a starter right away, but then Grayson McCall kind of earned the spot and, and he hasn't gone anywhere. Um, he's all he's done is become two-time Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, Offense Player of the Year, first team all-conference. I mean, in a conference full of really good quarterbacks, he's still the the guy to watch, right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, he's coming off a year that where he set the, uh, the all-time NCAA passing efficiency record, which – you know, had been set in the previous couple of years by Joe Burrow and Mac Jones. So he's in uh, quite the, uh, you know, quite the company there, the quality of company. Um, so he's, you know, he, he still holds that record going into the season. So, you know, he's, he's obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the country. He ran this offense, you know, it's a Jamie Chadwell's offense is a uh, spread option where they pass more than most spread options would. And, you know, he ran the same, you know, same offense in high school. So he's now like, you know, he's in like his sixth year of running this offense. Um, and he's very proficient at it. He, he he makes the right decision, almost never makes a mistake. And, you know, if it wasn't, again, his, his numbers could be better. There have been, I'd say in the first four games, I'd say seven to eight drops by mm-hmm. receivers. So his completion percentage could be higher. His yards could be higher. Um, so he's still playing at a very high level. And of course he did not play in the second half of the last game with a, with a, some type of ankle injury, right ankle injury. So Jamie Chadwell says he's playing this week. Um, he says, he says he is limited in practice, but they fully expect him to play and their offense with or without him, it's night and day. Um, he makes them go and they're very beatable if he doesn't play. And when he does play, they're they're very difficult to beat. So it's pretty yeah. simple. Well, the, the, nobody at George Southern is going to assume anything after. Okay, so two years ago when I was at that game with you in Conway, where Georgia Southern was even with uh, Georgia with you know, CCU going in the fourth quarter, and then uh, then they got outscored fourteen nothing, lose twenty eight fourteen, and that quarterback was the uh, Hall of Famer uh, Fred Payton, not the Hall of Famer. <laughs> he, he was the uh, he had starting experience, but he was the backup to Grace McCall. And Grace McCall, I think that was a game time decision. He had an upper chest, upper body injury, and I know you got the word out uh, right before uh, the game started that Grace McCall will not be playing, and maybe everybody went ah, uh, you know, kind of relaxed a little bit. But uh, Fred Payton did a very nice job, very solid job, uh, keeping them in the game and then winning the game with the players around him. And then last year in the rain. Um, Bryce Carpenter, uh, who is still there, uh, basically, it seems like his instinct is to run whenever there's a little bit of an opening, right? Uh, that's more of a design. He's become the running quarterback. I mean, 
he was actually Mr. Football in Florida. Uh, Mr. Fo- Mr. Flo- yeah. And uh, Javon Hiley was his receiver. He oh, and really? Javon Hiley, yeah, they were they, they set records. Uh, they set passing and, and receiving records at, in, in high school in Florida. And um, but he's become um, with Grayson there when he comes in, he essentially becomes the running quarterback for coaches. Yeah. So um, that's more by design of the uh, of the coaching staff, I think, than actually uh, of Bryce's skills and you know what what he's once capable he gets, of. Once he goes forward, he's very determined. So it's not like he's dancing around. Yeah, and they, so they've they also have so they've got he you know he he's been the backup for the last couple of years. They also have a, a young, uh, another guy, Jarrett Guest, who played last week. Yeah. Um, he played the bulk of the time when uh, after after uh, Gracie got hurt and he ran in a touchdown run and you know he threw a bad pick at one point. But it, I think that was, was his first pass. Yeah, that was early <laughs> early in his play, and then uh, he obviously played a lot better after that, and they 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 carried they out the win. The, uh, the, the, but the thing, Grace McCall, like I said, I've never got to see him in person, but, but on TV, and you've seen him play in person dozens of times, he's so smooth. You, make, you were talking about making the decisions on, on whether it's a read option, you want to call it a spread option, uh, run, pass, throw, I mean, th- run, pass, whatever, whatever he needs to do, he does it, and it's so, there's no hesitation. He's just so smooth. And like you said, he's been in that offense for maybe up to six years, which is rare for anybody so yeah he's so smooth and um and the statistics back back all that up so he do you, do you see him uh, i guess there was some talk on the broadcast on tv they were on that game was on national tv espn2 i believe that uh is he that they, he might have left after this after this past successful year they won 11 games each of the past two years was there any talk of him going pro or going to another program so many like what was it 50, 50 quarterbacks that are playing in FBS and or transfers, not all the same year, but what uh, was there any talk that he would go somewhere? I mean, yeah, no, he, he admitted actually um, late last year. Um, I even, I asked him uh, the, the preparation week of the bowl game um, if he was considering a transfer and he, he admitted that he was in fact, you know, looking at his options and considering a transfer. So um you know, a, a few programs hit him up. Nebraska was one of those. Um, some other power fives did uh, inquire either directly to him or through his high school coach. Um, but he uh, he didn't take long to decide. He he ended up um, making his decision in mid-December that he was going to come back, you know, right after the bowl game, really, within a week, I think. He said that he would come back to Coastal, announced it. And uh, so, yeah, he, um, he said as long as the coaches were here, um, he liked, you know, the system that he's in. Um, he believes that uh, Coastal's, uh, you know, on its way to big things, and he wanted to remain a part of that. And we expect him to be here one year and likely have an opportunity to move on to the NFL. So this should be his last year. Yeah. Um, you did mention he hasn't played Georgia Southern yet. He So he's only missed three games in two years, and it just so happens two of the three were, you know, just, uh, just the weeks that they played Georgia Southern. Just a, a weird thing, but did he didn't he express his love for teal in a unique way? Yeah, he uh, and there are now T-shirts you can purchase if you'd like. Um, yeah, he on on social media he proclaimed that he I pissed teal. He said so. Uh, can we say that on TV? I'm not sure. I, I, I you know we'll I find out. It's but, on uh, a shirt. It's on a shirt. So I'm just 
I'm just reading the shirt. That's all I can say. They uh, they love their T-shirts in in uh, Conway. Uh, they're famous for uh, coming up with some maybe some not so politically correct slogans on T-shirts. Yeah, mullets mullets versus Mormons. Uh, the BYU right. week. That was a good T-shirt. That's a collector's that, item. That is. That is. Uh, so you got Grace McCall loves teal. He could have said he bled teal. I think he has a tattoo, doesn't he? He has a tattoo on his uh his thigh, his uh, calf, of uh, Shauna Clear. So yeah. Yeah, he's, he's all in apparently. He's all in. I mean, you get the tattoo. I mean, that's like a, signing a multi-year contract. Yeah. So yeah, so he's very good. Um, they have uh, good players on both sides of the ball. Uh, could be really wet, nasty conditions. Uh, the uh, I guess the the other interesting thing to talk about uh, one of the interesting things that I just heard. Uh, a, a reporter doing his job and asking in the best way, Jamie Chadwell, what about all the rumors that talk about uh, anytime a, uh, there's a coaching vacancy, whether it's now this week, the fresh, freshly open wound is at Georgia Tech. And uh, obviously Georgia Tech, not that Atlanta, big, uh, a big place to recruit, a big city, power five conference team in Georgia Tech and the Atlantic Coast Conference uh, has a lot of things to offer. Hasn't won lately, but they've made this, uh, you know, uh, uncomfortable transition from a triple option uh, with Paul Johnson to uh, Jeff Collins trying to, I don't know, you'll say the evolution or modernize uh, Georgia Tech. So they're going to decide on a coach, you know, sooner than later. But I guess some, at some point this season, what uh, what he's handled it very well, Jamie Chappell, just like Billy Napier did at Louisiana for years, it seems like the more success you have the more interest people are going to have in you. He's a rising star, both of them now, Billy Napier now at Florida, but uh, Jamie Chadwell, rising star at, at Coastal Carolina. How many, on, on, can you count on one hand how many schools that he's apparently been uh, been wooing him or do you need two hands? Yeah, um, it, it, you know, it didn't, it, it didn't get too loud. It was loud a couple of years ago, um, two years ago. Last year, there wasn't a whole lot of speculation, not nearly as much. He was, you know, he actually did um, interview with the AD uh, Tanner of uh, South Carolina, came and met him okay. two years ago before they hired Shane Beamer. So that literally, that, that that's a legitimate thing that did happen. He came to Polly's Island and sat down with Jamie. So that was really the, uh, the, the biggest one. Uh, and then he was rumored a couple other times. Last year, it kind of died down a bit for whatever reason. Um, and again, this year, his name's thrown out there a bit. But, you know, as he said in his press conference today, they're, you know, they're nobody has, um, you know, pursued him in any earnest at this point. Um, so he's got really nothing that he has to divulge to his team or whatever, because he yeah. he says he doesn't believe that, you know, anybody's really come after him in a legitimate way. So. But his name, of course, if, if Coastal, you know, it's like in any program, if he was at you name it uh, of the FBS Non power fives. If you're going 11 wins every year for two or three straight years, uh, people are going to come look at you. It's just right. it's inevitable. So it's going to happen. And he's handled it well. And he said he's willing to talk about it uh, when people do come to him. So yeah. we'll take him at his word and uh, assume that uh, when we ask him and it's a legitimate thing, uh, we're going to know better. Uh, yeah, wait, just wait. If if and when the Auburn job opens up, you'll hear Jamie Chadwell's name. Oh, you already have. But uh, the job, Auburn job is still uh, Hars, Hars, Brian Harson still there. Uh, we, we'd be uh, not doing our jobs if we didn't mention that uh, Kyle Van Treese, the starting quarterback for George Southern, the uh, six-year player transferred from the University of Buffalo, off to a great start, uh, three wins and four outings. The, the three wins he played great. 
Uh, the, the other game at UAB, he'll admit he didn't play great. The team didn't play great. Uh, Kyle Ventrice, uh got hit uh, on its felt, you know, tackled hard on his shoulder in the first quarter. The ball set game played through it, never came out, never missed a down, never had any kind of hesitation. And uh, they rested him on Sunday. Monday was a day off. I'm sure he's limited action a la Grayson McCall over in Conway. So, Calvin, you have two quarterbacks that mean everything to their team. Obviously, uh, uh, CCU has a well-established pecking order of backups. Um, but uh, Calvin Treese is expected to go this Saturday. Um, Connor Sigelski would be the backup first choice, most likely, depending on how things go in practice. Um, uh, but Connor uh, Sigelski started two games. He's only playing two games his career. He's a redshirt sophomore. The two games were against a nationally ranked BYU. I think that was number 14 BYU. And then the, the season ending game. So he did, he acquitted himself well, but he didn't have a, a lot of momentum going to those two games uh, to be the sudden starter because of injuries to the guys ahead of him. So uh, I think they're relying on Kyle Vantrese. He's head and shoulders above the other quarterbacks, I think uh, is a safe assumption. So if all goes well, the quarterbacks are healthy enough to play and nothing happens during the game, you'll have a what should be a really good game uh, all the way through. What do you, Alan, what do you see, uh, assuming the weather conditions, the wind and the rain don't make for some crazy bounces? And certainly both of these teams have seen crazy bounces or crazy officiating calls, however you want to look at it. But the breaks haven't always gone their way. What do you, what do you see happening in our remaining time here? What do you see happening on Saturday? Your best um, educated guess. Yeah, it'll be, um, you know, it'll be interesting. The, the, the kind of the uh, irony in it possibly is that, um, you know, if, if it is really windy, you know, it's potentially 30, 40 mile, it's still obviously a little ways away for us to know exactly. But if it is very windy, 30, 40 mile, mile an hour winds and, you know, the team that runs the ball potentially better, the best will, you know, will have the advantage. And of course, Georgia Southern for years was the team that would, you know, you weren't going to be able to compete with them and outrun them generally. Yeah, and now, you know, they, you know, Coastal's been running the ball effectively, even with their backup running back. Um, and and it, it'll, it could come down to who runs the ball better. And Coastal may potentially have the advantage there with the way Georgia Southern's offense has evolved in such a very short time under Clay Helton. It's two, um, it's two parts there. You're right. The, the, uh, I'm going to inter- I'm jump in a little bit. So the, the, Coastal Carolina, the way they were playing against Georgia State, not, I'm not saying the way I saw the first three games, but the way they're running that spread option where a guy who gets an opening on a pitch out, he could be gone. I mean, explosive plays, that's scary. And the, the rush defense uh, for Georgia Southern, just statistically or, or not necessarily the momentum, they had a good outing against Ball State, but that was um, a big step up from their, their outing against UAB, which runs on everybody. Uh, but um, uh, anyway, so the rush defense is really going to have to be disciplined, that eye discipline you hear about, and that gap integrity. It's, just, it's a hard thing to do when you got a, a good team across from you. And uh, and um, turnovers are going to be another big thing. That's been another crazy stat. You talk about all the injuries Coastal Carolina's had. They've also had their plus seven on mar- uh, tur- a turnover margin, but that's with 14 turnovers gained. I mean, that's a crazy amount. That ties... Southern Cal in four games, 14 turnovers. That's like an un- unsustainable rate. I mean, what would it be at the end of a 12-game season? Be crazy yeah. if you yeah. keep that up. So, but the uh, as he as 
Coach Shavel said the other hand is, well, we'd, we'd be a lot better off if our offense didn't have seven turnovers. So yeah, they had they had four fumbles in the first half uh, against Buffalo. That, so that doesn't happen, right? Or it did happen though. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it was Buffalo. It was Buffalo or Georgia State? Right. I think it was yeah. Buffalo. May have been yeah. It was either Buffalo or Georgia State? I think it was Buffalo. Yeah, four four fumbles in the first half. I mean, it you, it's uh you're lucky you're not down by 28 points <laughs> at that point. So yeah, they're not only is the defense taking the ball away from the other team, they've managed to overcome Coastal's offensive turnovers as well. So, yeah, if, they, if, if Coastal – yeah, they, they've obviously shown the propensity to drop the ball on the ground. So, if it's very inclement weather, there, you know, there's a chance Georgia Southern is going to get the ball a couple times uh, courtesy of Coastal's offense. We, well, we've just called it out now. So, you've got a team that's fumbled a bunch, and you've got a team in Georgia Southern that hasn't fumbled. But then again, they're also throwing the ball. They're not running that option, which, you know, watching Georgia Tech or, or – if you do the real triple option, you're going to fumble the ball. It's like, you know, having a quarterback that's a gunslinger. You're going to get some interceptions because they're so confident that they try to throw the ball in some, some tight windows. But when it pays off, it pays off big. Yeah. So, Alan, I agree. Uh, I think um, if Coastal Carolina is able to run the ball and get some explosive plays and and, uh, and not kill themselves with, uh, uh, with penalties or with uh, turnovers, they're going to be right in it and probably, you know, they're, they're, they're 9.5 favorite uh, point favorite, I think 10.5, depending on when you look at the odds makers uh, for a reason. Uh, but then George Southern has the ability to, to stay in games and uh, rally with their passing, which is not something I could say for the last few seasons. If they got behind their run, their run game was more explosive than their pass game. And, yeah. uh, and they still run the ball. They actually ran the ball. Uh, 38 times against Ball State, and they passed the ball 40 times. And one of those passes was by the running back. So, and he actually uh, had an open receiver, and the receiver dropped it one play after making a fantastic acrobatic catch. So, I say drop it; he just couldn't get it and get in a good spot. So, kind of hit him wrong. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, they they basically are 50-50 run pass, uh, at least last game. So, we'll see if the elements dictate that. And I think they'll be fighting over who gets the wind at their back. That'll be the big coin flip. We'll probably be decide the game. What do you think? Yeah, which whichever <laughs> direction the wind's blowing. Yeah, it could be across or, but yeah, yeah it, it'll um, you know, the, the whole point spread thing. It, you know, when you got weather, if if the weather is what they expect it to be, it's hard to you know point spreads are. It's more about somebody gutting it out and willing it out at that point. Um, if the weather will be as bad as they possibly predict, so yeah. Well, yeah, I would. I would assume it should be a pretty close game. Both teams would uh, would probably play close to the vest and be somewhat conservative if the weather's terrible. So, yeah, um, yeah it might come down to uh, you know pretty much the the very end of the game till somebody scores late. Well, hey, try to stay dry out there. Uh, a pleasure as always, Alan. Uh, Alan's a return guest, even so he knew it was coming and he came on the show anyway. <laughs> so very good. Um, uh, he's not doing it for the money, that's for sure. Uh, Alan, Alan Blondin, thanks very much. Uh, Coastal Carolina uh, expert. Coastal Carolina expert. Uh, we'll uh, hope to see you again next season, Alan. Uh, the game will be here next season, uh, here in Statesboro. Uh, we're recording this once again to remind everybody, we're recording this on Wednesday evening, so we'll see uh, about game times. Uh, when you listen to this, double-check game times, double-check uh, quarterback availability, and uh, – and we'll see, uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Everybody, thanks for listening to George Sun Extra. And we'll catch you next week. We'll talk about 
the uh, Coastal Carolina game and look ahead to the Georgia State game. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Tom. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields.